Welcome to Everything Belongs, a podcast for those living, creating, leading, and thriving while in the deep end of life. I'm your host, Madison Morgan, leadership coach, creative consultant, and speaker. I coach soulful visionaries and go-getting mavericks who desire to create art of their lives and take their work both deeper and higher. In this show, I'll be bringing you an overflow of conversations with my favorite thought leaders, teachers, healers, and creatives who inspire me to live more fully in my own power, worth, and wholeness, along with offering some episodes where I share my own practical insights, behind-the-scenes peeks into my process, and tools I use on my own journey. There will not be much we shy away from here because at this table, everything belongs. Therefore, you can expect me to ask the uncomfortable, juicy questions. You can expect that you'll hear people you disagree with on the podcast and maybe even ideas you've never previously considered. I trust you with your own discernment as we take this deep dive. You can expect to laugh, cry, learn, and be challenged by the guests as they share their diverse experiences and views of the world. It's my hope through learning to see that all of it belongs that you will develop a more sovereign way of holding yourself so you can playfully go after the life, relationships, and career you are made for, to let all parts of yourself have a seat at the table, to lead and create from your deepest truth, and become your own source of validation, all because you finally know you're worthy of it. All that's required to get started, that you show up curious and willing. Let's dive in. Well, hey, everybody. I am sitting down to record this moments after inauguration, and it just felt like a really perfect time to be starting a podcast series, a solo series on self-leadership. Today, we're going to be talking about being the creative director of our lives and how clarity of values can help us live and flow with life a little bit more. If you've been seeing my posts on social media, you know I just hosted a class inside the membership all about this, really walking through how to clarify your values, how to set goals in a way that's deeply soul-honoring, but I wanted to expand upon the topic because I had so many direct messages on Instagram with people asking me about how to do this in a way that feels feminine which is super interesting because I actually think, um, I don't teach on the feminine or on the masculine because I actually am a deep believer in wholeness. And I think that we all have both of those energies inside of us, regardless of gender expression and regardless of sex. So whenever I'm talking today about masculinity and about femininity, I'm actually talking about the different energies we hold inside of us that we can access to express our wholeness. This is not surprisingly a topic that we are diving into this month inside of Rising Sovereign as well. We are talking to the January is our month of power and inner masculine. We just had our power and inner feminine month last month. And right now we're looking at where we have programming around power and our own inner masculine energy. I work with a lot of women in Rising Sovereign specifically around accessing their power because they're afraid of their power. They have only seen masculinity as toxic masculinity and have only looked at that framework through the lens of hustle culture, um, more is better, getting ahead by pushing others back. And that's all of that is toxic masculinity. 
But the beauty is when we develop a healthy sense of inner masculine, which also might look like reparenting work, sacred self-responsibility, showing up for ourselves and the commitments we make, we actually get to completely heal our inner feminine as well. And that looks like making inner safety. That looks like creating a sense of self-trust that you can actually trust yourself to show up for you. And I want to I want to just set the framework for the conversation today by saying that that whenever I'm talking about showing up for ourselves, taking sacred self-responsibility, we are actually reparenting ourselves with this secure inner masculine, this ferociousness that will can be ferocious so that we can trust ourselves to ebb and flow with life because we're secure. We are secure in our own attachment with ourselves. We are deeply in our inner safety. And therefore, we're not resourcing and outsourcing from the outside to have that sense of safety and comfort, which can create dynamics that we are all trying to get free from, from individual level to the systemic level. So I'm going to set the tone a little bit more by sharing a story that I have never shared before publicly. So many of you know that I was married for a long time. I got married in my early 20s, well, at 20. (laughs) I got married at 20. And I was deep in evangelicalism and deep in gender roles, had no idea that I was a queer person. And I have a very clear memory of my ex-husband and I working on our marriage. So if you come from evangelicalism, you know, potentially, you know, that there is you know, there are two individuals and then there's the marriage and a lot of work around relationship and relating is instead of learning to relate to one another and your natural energies and your natural rhythms, it's learning to relate to the marriage as an entity and constantly working on yourself in your gender roles that are very specified. So the masculine is the provider, the man embodies all of the masculine qualities and the woman is the what was they called the weaker of the sex and the woman embodies all of the feminine energy and is in the supportive role and the masculine leads the feminine follows or in this case the man leads and the woman follows and i remember we were moving away from this concept of sex has to look a certain way we were trying to work on again the marriage with books outside of christianity but they still landed to the same themes right because we hadn't deconstructed that internalized programming yet and at the time he was reading a lot of books about sex and about how women who are in their quote masculine energy repel men because they don't know how to be receptive they don't know how to open And there is so much here to go into, into the nuance of these actually sacred tantric teachings that have been wildly watered down. But essentially, I was being asked to be more feminine, to wear more flowy dresses, to stop being so ambitious, to express hyper-femme energy and be receptive to anything that was brought my way and to be less intense. And this, this concept was proposed to me as being less intense and less powerful is the key to your marital success. Now, I have studied some of these teachings myself, and they're deeply mystical and sacred texts, so that teaching of it is highly watered down and a misunderstanding of gender and gender norms as we have now come to know them. But there is something to polarity and attraction. There's something to having these two counter energies that are taught in a lot of sacred teachings and a lot of ancient teachings. 
However, they can be so problematic when they don't consider the ways masculinity, femininity, power dynamics, and gender in our culture can disregard our wholeness and our true essence. What I mean by that is not all women embody hyper-femininity or hyper-receptivity. And actually, all humans have access to both energies inside of them. And if we're thinking about the alchemical process of what sex does in creating a baby, then we know that in our creative process, we need both energies to actually see our creative projects come forward, right? We need the receptivity of the energy of the feminine and the the penetrating energy of the masculine, the structure of the masculine to actually create, if we're talking about business or we're talking about creativity, to actually create change, to manifest what we want to see in the world. Both energies must be present. And I see a lot of people in the online world of self-help teaching these things as if we are not whole beings, teaching these things as if we don't have access to embodying both energies inside of us. And I find that to be problematic because it teaches people to disregard their innate, their true nature, their true essence, the way that their energy wants to express in the world. So if you are someone who has for a long period of time, been in toxic masculinity, hustling for wholeness, overbooking yourself there, it's not that you need to necessarily be more in your feminine. It's that there is healing that needs to be done around toxic masculinity and around safety to be in your feminine. I hope that's making sense, but this has been a, a, a deep activation when I see people posting about this online. And this is what I've come to realize in myself and what my clients and I work on in Rising Sovereign is how do we embody both energies as a way to have that deep safety with ourselves, so that we can be in flow and creativity and in the beautiful, liberating way that we want to feel in the world. So I as I mentioned, I'm a very intense person. I have always been driven. I have always had a deliberate way of being in the world. And through conditioning that was uh, often showing up as toxic masculinity, that was showing up as the disregard of my own feminine being, that was showing up as hustling for wholeness, like I mentioned. And I'm also certain that a lot of my own intensity comes from being a Virgo with blue collar business owning parents, being someone who was very committed to my movement practices as a child in dance and martial arts. I trained three to five times a week since I was three. I was a competitive dancer competing with people four years older than me by age eight. On weekends, my family took a break from both owning businesses to remodel and restore the 1800s farmhouse we lived in. And it was a family affair. We were all working on this house. I, like the intense person I am, chose Christianity at 12 years old and began practicing Lent, even though my family was not Catholic and not Christian. I just loved the ritual and devotion and you know, there's a number of reasons why I chose to be so extreme at a young age, but <laughs> there is something to coming in that way as well. By 13, I became the youngest female black belt in Jinjin Kwan Hapkido in the United States, and I was preparing to actually train at the Olympics in Korea at the time. I didn't end up going, but I was training for it. 
I got my first job at 15 years old. My parents dropped me off in a nearby town because I grew up in the country where there wasn't even a stoplight and nowhere to get a job. They dropped me off 30 minutes away and told me to get a job before calling them to pick me up. And this is back whenever I had a Nextel. So it was more of like to page them to come pick me up. So I have been working since I was sick. The first week I was 16, had my first job and I'd had two jobs since I was 17. At 17, I moved out. I got married at 20. I started my own business at 23 and I grew it to a six figure business in three years. And all of that to say, I was intense. I am intense. And when I get my heart set on something, I have learned how to make it happen through my natural energy, through my conditioning and through our cultural energy. And growing up in this way, I developed such a strong structure of values and inner devotion that enabled me to channel my natural intensity to birth things into the world, to use both my my heart and my feminine energy and that intensity, that penetrating energy to get shit done. The shadow of this is that by not ever looking at those embedded unconscious values or the programming and the trauma I had experienced, I overworked. I burnt myself out. Again, I hustled for wholeness. I was quite rigid because I didn't feel safe because of trauma. I was perfectionistic and I was extremely hard on myself, extremely high standards. So I like to think of the difference between perfectionism and excellence. Excellence is something I really value, but perfectionism is a trap. Perfectionism is a distorted sense of excellence. So although I'm a type A person through my healing and healing and developing an inner sense of safety, and for the sake of this conversation, we've called that inner masculine, an inner sense of safety of knowing how to hold myself, of knowing how to have boundaries for myself, of knowing how to structure my life that considers my wholeness, I can live from a place of devotion. But What I did in the initial parts of my healing that I see a lot of people doing when they enter my program, Awaken Her Soul, which is where we really look at our conditioning and our programming that we've been given. I see a lot of people at that stage when they divest from toxic masculine culture, when they divest from the patriarchy, actually overcorrecting and shaming themselves for their power, shaming the masculine inside themselves, shaming the power inside themselves and completely letting go of devotion, structure, intentionality that once served its purpose and can serve its purpose. In my path, I stopped honoring my morning practice to ebb and flow, and I let myself move my body and work out only when I wanted to. It's great. I let go of discipline, making all, mistaking all intention and clarity and devotion as something wrong and masculine that needed to be let go of. And for a few years, that was wildly supportive because I had to decondition myself that my worth was tied up in my doing. I had to decondition myself that by controlling everything, I would be safe. And during that time, I developed inner safety. I did somatic healing. I hired coaches. I worked with spiritual practitioners, did inner child work. And especially since developing a team in my company where we coach people and we host Awaken Her Soul and really needing my own leadership there. And then exploring healthy expressions of my queer sexuality, I've started to reclaim the inner grounded and perceptive masculine energy within me. 
So where I've divested from toxic masculinity that I internalized around control and overriding my body and being, which is a supremacist ideal to be overriding my needs in moving into, after swinging to the opposite pendulum, of course, I overcorrect it. And now coming back, there's a grounded and perceptive clarity that can be offered from that inner structure. And I've come to realize just how valuable and needed healing, living with this inner deliberation. So what I mean is it is deeply healing for us to reconnect with the, power, the part of ourself that is powerful, that is deliberate, that is intentional, that is structured, not from that place of toxicity of or control or power over, but using our power appropriately. Wholeness is not simply learning to flow with our feminine, which yes, is a part of it, but it's not only that. It's unlearning toxic masculinity and creating inner safety as a means to hold our feminine. Especially if you are someone who was identified female at birth or assigned female at birth and are someone who expresses themselves in a femme way, in a femme gender expression, it can be so important to learn to actually connect with our feminine through reclaiming our power. That's where boundaries come from. That's where clarity comes from. And another way to say this is we need both energies if we want to experience our wholeness. We can't bang on about wholeness and deny parts of ourselves. Trying to live my feminine simply because I'm a woman negated the deeper issue. I did not feel safe in my feminine. I did not feel safe in my emotions. I did not feel safe in my creativity. So I was under-functioning emotionally for myself and over-functioning for others. I needed to learn healthy self-responsibility as an act of self-healing, which is what we do inside of Awaken Her Soul, so that I could feel safe in myself, to trust myself and count on myself from a place of inner freedom. Not saying this is easy work, but it is necessary work. And this has been one of the biggest gifts of exploring my queerness. And I want to share more on that another day. Jamie and I are going to be recording a podcast episode together and maybe give you some insights into our relationship. We'll we'll see what comes up through that conversation. But what I really want to say now with you is that I know the importance of my own inner masculine energy which one of my rising sovereign clients and I are talking about our inner daddy energy, big daddy God energy. <laughs> We've been having a lot of jokes about it. So maybe you don't, maybe that doesn't land for you, but we think it's funny. And using this inner deliberation and structure and systems that allow for flow and freedom and spaciousness that so many of us are craving. I get to be bold and deliberate, which are my personal two words for 2021 signifying the clarity, intent, and devotion in which I will live my values. It's kind of like my North Star. Like me, the majority of humans that I work with in both Awaken Her Soul, the program I spoke of that we are reparenting, we are taking self-responsibility, we are reprogramming the old stories, and in Rising Sovereign where we're deepening into trusting our power. All of these women, majority women, all of these people are deep feelers, critical thinkers, and people with a strong desire for action. They want to see heartfelt change made in the world. 
So they jump into action and lead from their hearts and use their quick minds to problem solve every obstacle that comes in their way. And especially in a world of feminine leadership, which is very much intuition-based and in its shadow can look like putting out fires rather than flowing from intuition in a grounded, clear, easy way. I'm all for intuition. However, without sovereign practices like cultivating clarity, discernment, and self-trust, this kind of feminine leadership has no stability, grounding, or inner authority, and just ends up leading people and leading my clients, I notice, to more self-doubt, to more lack of self-trust, and frustrated they can't get their businesses off the ground. So I'm going to pose an idea that I rarely hear people talk about when they talk about tapping into their feminine or leading as a woman. And it's that setting up the structure of your life and having stable, mature, clear inner world, a stable, mature, and clear inner world actually allows you to ebb and flow, to dance with life and use your intuition keenly and actually save your energy, not wasting it. (laughs) That sounds so nice. This is one of the first ways Uh, One of the first things I do with my clients one-on-one is have them actually get clear on their values and clearly define them. This values alignment is so important because it offers that structure for life without rigidity. It gives a lot of clarity and a lot of that sense of holding of what is important without going into toxic masculinity. So I'm going to outline a couple ways that values alignment has really supported me and really supports my clients to create a sense of stability and structure and clarity so that that ebb and flow and that dancing with life comes a lot more easily. So first of all, it offers clarity on your actions and your directions because chasing the feeling, chasing the next big launch, chasing sex or chasing a good time without clarity on how to set up your life for regeneration meaning it serves you as you serve and sustainability, meaning it's going to keep giving over the long haul is what actually will satisfy. Secondly, values alignment allows you to know what is and is not your responsibility. It is a guidepost for what matters to you and therefore your your decisions will feel more powerful because you are managing what is within your control and not what is out of your control, what not yours to control at all. You will have deeper congruence, integrity, and alignment. You'll feel more connected to yourself and connected to your wholeness because your actions will align with your deepest knowing because you're filtering your actions, be it in business or in relationships or just in your life through your values before you make them as an integrity check-in. And this is also great to check in with your intuition because It's really clear when you've evaluated your values in advance, whenever you're making fear-based choices or whenever fear is coming up because you are honoring your values. So I hope that difference there actually makes sense. Next, it gives you an ability to lead with confidence to answer more easily to the why of your choices and invest in yourself, in your business, and in your life with a lot more peace. Because there are a lot of people always selling things, you know, which is fine. I have a business. I sell things. But whenever we're buying things because we are out of integrity with ourselves and we are forgetting ourselves, we end up feeling resentful. We end up feeling not powerful. We end up feeling lack of confidence and like we've given our power away, which usually just leads to resentment. (laughs) So clarity on what you want and making choices based in your values can just feel so much more 
uh, aligned. I, I didn't want to use that word, but aligned and fulfilled. It will support you from toggling back and forth from that over-disciplined, rigid rule following to the other extreme of abdicating all responsibility because again, you are clear on what matters. You're clear on your capacity and you are honoring yourself based on what you've actually looked at really matters to you. You will know how to access and generate feelings and experiences that you long for. An example of this is if, let's say, freedom is what you want to feel and freedom is a value, by clearly defining what freedom means to you, you will have given yourself a blueprint to know how to cultivate that experience in your life. So instead of just being frustrated that you can't create the life you want, you will have actually mapped out, given your current circumstances, how to live into those values with your choices. So although, like we mentioned, you can't control everything and you can't control the political climate and you can't control what's happening in our world in every single way, or even with people in your life sometimes, but if you value freedom, given the current circumstances, what does freedom mean to you? Given the current circumstances, how can you live that value? Given the current circumstances, what does it mean to live in freedom? When you're really clear on that, you will feel so much more access to your power and so much more ability to take responsibility for your choices and living into that without feeling like you are overworking and doing over responsibility. So values will make it so much easier to set boundaries, so much easier to be clear and not reactionary in your boundaries too, because you will understand where to put your energy up front. You will have a filter of what to say yes and no to. And I think if you are new to setting boundaries and it brings up a lot of anxiety for you and you're lacking trust in your own discernment or self-trust, knowing your values and just really, again, reverse engineering them by defining them and then living according to those definitions gives you really clear instructions on what your boundaries are, what's your yes and what's your no. Because violating our inner boundaries, which are rooted in our values with or without knowing, and therefore amplifying our feelings of anger and shame and often feeling like a younger version of ourselves, it keeps us reverting to younger emotional states when difficulty arises, which keeps us from feeling like we are in our power. It keeps us from feeling like we are making choices we're proud of and can lead again to feeling like a fraud, which is my next point that this very clear definition of our values keeps us from feeling like a fraud or an imposter and unconsciously incongruent because Tanya Geisler, who talks a lot about the imposter complex, talks about how you are either usually out of alignment and incongruent with yourself in that you are not living your values and there needs to be deeper alignment and deeper honoring of your values. So you don't feel like an imposter anymore Or it's just a voice in your head that you've internalized from systemic oppression or society. And so where in your life are you feeling like a fraud? And does there need to be deeper honoring of your values? And so once you've looked at that, you can actually, you can take responsibility for what's yours to take responsibility for. And then realize what's left of that imposter voice is internalized oppression. And then you can work with that internalized oppression in a different way, no longer trying to fix yourself, but knowing I'm in alignment with my values. When this comes up in my coaching conversations, it is often a sign that the person has not gotten clear on why they are doing what they are doing, or they're not living into one of their values in some way. An example of this is around Black Lives Matter. 
a lot of people know that Black Lives Matter, a lot of my clients last year especially have spoken to me about this, but they weren't clear on their role and what they were doing to actually support and live out that value. So they were living reactionary, performative activism in that whole cycle. But once they got clear on, oh, this is my role, this is how I'm going to learn, this is how I'm going to invest and recirculate money into Black communities, it became so much more clear about the ways that they were in integrity. And then when they were feeling like a fraud, they could check in, is there something I'm missing? Is there something I've learned that I'm not applying? Am I not living my value to support this in some way? So if you are someone who perpetually feels out of integrity, it's a good sign that you need to clarify your values. And then you can let that guide you on if there's something deeper to deal with or if you just need to be in more alignment with yourself, which definitely requires self-honesty and self-trust. So I will say it's not necessarily always the easiest process, but it's so much easier once you do it once. And finally, it brings a greater understanding of yourself and of others because knowing what motivates you and having understanding of what motivates others by way of looking at your values and their values offers a key portal into having relational ease, into peace, into having context for someone's behavior and relating to these differences between you in a new way. So a couple ways you can do that is to check in with you with, excuse me, to check in with someone you recently had a conflict with and asking yourself where there might be a value difference that contributed to this misunderstanding and just looking at is if there's a difference of values that is contributing to misunderstanding, how might that gap be bridged and how might deeper understanding come about in the conversation it really changes the game. If we look at the divisions in politics right now, and I'm going to generalize here, we might name a shared cultural value in the United States for liberation, but we have different opinions in how people value getting there. One side of the spectrum places a strong value on equality and innovation as their pathway to get there, where the other side tends to value tradition and self-expression as the means to get there. And of course, I think objectively we can look at equality, innovation, tradition, self-expression as valid. But when we look at how they are often oppositional, we can see that they're they're values-based judgments. And to see that everyone actually, the deeper value is liberation, we can use naming these values to have conversations to bridge difference, which is super exciting to me. Understanding the value system someone is coming from, including ourselves, will allow us to better relate to, take action, and understand what might inspire change within ourselves and within our communities. And as a self-leader, the skill of naming, defining, and living your values, I believe, is a necessity to doing this. So that is my big point that I wanted to make, that this is so important as self-leaders, that we we really hone in on what our values are and to the deepest of our current capacity, live into making choices that honor those values. So I shared this in last week's class and I wanna share them with you now, my values in my business. I have some different ones for my personal life, but they're very similar. They are ease and the statement that I've used to define ease is I create ease through keeping things simple and staying grounded. Next, I have freedom. I live my freedom by being fully myself, playful and bold. Belonging. I foster belonging by being of service, having boundaries, and being equitable in my relations. 
Regeneration. My business is regenerative because I get back 10 times what I give always. Sovereignty. I live my sovereignty by living embodied wisdom and making deliberate choices. Congruence. I am congruent. I express. I choose. I honor. I decide. Knowing how I live these values and outlining the ways they penetrate every area of my life and making clear actions based upon them is how I check in with my integrity as a self-leader and as a leader over and over again. It's how I plan my year. It's how I maintain a strong sense of self when presented with conflicting opinions or lots of options and center into what matters most to me over and over and over. This is the foundation of the healing work I do. It's one of the first steps I do with my clients, like I mentioned. And I really think it's one of the keys to creating inner safety is to reorient ourselves to our relationship to this so-called inner masculine, this deliberate, this structured sense of self that we can cultivate inside of us, that we can create safety within and then ebb and flow with life with so much more ease. All of the strategy and creative consulting I do comes back to really getting clear on this. And it's how I lead my team. It's how I market my work. And it's how I do business with soul. So someone asked me if doing the the workshop or the class I hosted last week was going to teach how to live into your feminine. And I said, yes. And it has everything to do with inner safety and cultivating inner wholeness to divest from toxic masculinity so that we can show up in sacred self-responsibility with deep honor of our wholeness. I, again, always have my clients outline their values, get clear on what they mean, and reverse engineer them so they can live into them in practical ways. Making the intangible something that you can feel and express through your senses is so important and it anchors you into reality in a way that supports you rather than repeating old patterns. So I'm curious where you're at in your journey with this right now. Are you looking for more flow and freedom and inner spaciousness? Do you still operate and lead with internalized toxic masculinity, hustling for wholeness and perfectionism? Do you have spaces in your life where you can create boldly where you can let your emotions out to go and be held and honored and felt without making you believe that your, your emotions are the ultimate truth. They're valid and they're not the ultimate truth. Structure and clarity on your values offers so much more intuition and freedom and the ability to dance with life. And this is how you become the creative director. This is, this is wholeness to me. Now, if you really want to journey with me and learn more about this and do some reparenting work, do some some restoring work, essentially, allow me to hold a structure for you to flow in in your path to liberation. I would love to invite you to join me in my mini course, Stripped. It's a four-part mini course that I've created to offer you the structure, that masculine energy, that container as you do your inner work. The stripped mini course was designed to help you remember, rewrite, and reclaim all that you forgot and lost and resigned along the way, including your power, your fullness, your liberation, and your sacred self-belonging. So over this four-part audio mini course, you will learn why you may have disconnected from your true essence and your natural energies and what identities you hold that are actually not yours to carry anymore. You'll learn how the stories and adaptive strategies you adopted keep you from freedom 
and might also be your greatest allies in reconnecting you to your power. You'll learn what to do, actually practical things to do to begin remembering, rewriting, and reclaiming your story and live from your most authentic, whole, creative, and powerful self. And the last week, we will embody in community. The final week of the mini course, you'll be invited to join me in a live Zoom workshop and a community implementation week so that your new stories can grow roots and begin to sustain you. And so I'm going to be coming alongside you if you decide to sign up over the next few weeks to support you to authorize yourself and be liberated from the inside out. There is a corresponding Facebook group as well if you're interested in the community aspect, but this mini course is free and you get immediate access. So if you are interested, go to awakenhersoul.com and just enter your email so I know where to send the whole course to. And I'm so excited to walk this journey with you and to just to get to be with you on it, to hold this container. So if anything sparked an interest today, anything about self-leadership, about wholeness and undoing that toxic masculinity and creating a healthy sense of wholeness in yourself. If any of that interests you, awakenhersoul.com. Join me in the stripped mini course. I'm so excited to have you. Here's to your liberation. Thank you for tuning in to Everything Belongs. If you loved this episode, please subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes or your favorite podcast app so that others might find this podcast too. You can find the show notes and find out more about today's guests by going to madisonmorgan.com backslash podcast. And before you go, I want to tell you about Everything Belongs, the membership. For only $17 a month, join my monthly workshop gatherings that will serve as a playground and sacred circle to learn and explore a spirited life fully expressed in your worth, wholeness, and power. Members will have the opportunity to vote on podcast guests, pick workshop topics, send in questions to be answered live on the call, get a monthly journaling PDF, and members-only access to all of my coaching programs. If you're looking for a place to ground, gather, play, and explore all of the conversations shared here on Everything Belongs, then this is a space for you. For more information, go to madisonmorgan.com backslash membership. And if you're not following and chatting with me over on Instagram, please go do that now and DM me and let me know your favorite part of this episode. I cannot wait to hear from you. And until next time, remember that curiosity can be a portal to a rich life where everything truly belongs. See you next time.